Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, now this is a first for us. We are outside. We're outside in a little state in northern New England, and we are in a campground on a lake, and it's beautiful. It's actually some excellent weather. For those of you watching the video, for some reason, we don't know why, the video is glitchy up here, um, but it is, it's really kind of cool. You know, it's the kind of thing where, actually, this is, if this doesn't prove that we need that. Um, what's that thing called? The Vox Box? What's that thing called? Vox Box? No, that, that thing. Keep right up close. What are you talking about? That thing, the Roadcaster. Oh, okay. So be perfect for a Roadcaster. But, um, it is very nice. And, um, and so I, I want to start by talking about something that happened yesterday. So we're in a, in a, a tiny, beautiful town, northern, northern New England. Obviously, I'm sure we've mentioned it, but there's no reason to belabor it. But, um, and the town had a little um, a parade, a Memorial Day parade on Saturday, though. And this is a parade that that I've been going to since um, since I was very just a baby. When we had uh, my brother and I used to ride like the old fire truck on top of it, um, and and so it's um, it's kind of a very Americana event. It, you know, all the little floats and cars and people throwing candy to kids who are always thrilled. And and it was a, uh, the, the, um, the, um, the, um, VFW, um, American Legion, you know, gave a speech and had a service, played taps, um, played a wreath. Later wreath, yes, and it was all very solemn and kind of lovely. It was a lovely tribute. Talked about some soldiers. Miraculously, there is a person using a weed whacker here. Where there is a, we're in the forest, and it's this is this is why I know that there is a god. Um. So, 
So, so it was really lovely, and everybody was having a good time. And this just—it's—it's it's one of those things where you know, by the way, that the the people who were showing up and the people like in the in the motorcycles, etc., and the people these are people who still love the country. So it's nice to see because what we talk about every week, etc., is people who just hate Western civilization and are very loud about it and really are trying to tear it down. So, um, so we very much enjoyed it. So then down the street, you could see one of the next attractions was the bread and circus, bread and puppets people. These, these are the usual hippies that are that come into these things. They're a puppet theater company. Exactly. And they're they're in age from about like 15 to 96. And so they start coming down and making their way. And a couple of them, they're going to the crowd and they're working, doing like crowd work. They're singing in unison. And one of, the, one of them, or a couple of them, were... Um, you know, all of the they had signs like anti-war signs in reared or allotment of countries on the signs like Yemen and and Palestine. Assume that they have no great love for Israel. It was an odd selection of countries yes. because so they had a big sign that said so they're a political puppet theater company. Um, oh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> no, but they say that on their thing. They're okay, like, they're like the oldest working political theater puppet company in the country, or whatever. Right. Um. And they, uh, so they had a big sign that said American exceptionalism and then a bunch of little signs and like people in creepy puppet masks that Mm -hmm. said like Yemen, which that's an Obama thing mostly, I think. So like, I don't get why, but anyway, Yemen, Palestine, I think they had a Vietnam in there and then a Ukraine, which like, I assume they're four. So that's, that was odd to me. So yes, they like that war generally. We're doing good wars versus the places where we've committed war crimes, I assume, and and made places worse. I mean, this is all very uh, Howard's in, right? And it's all very, this country sucks. Obviously, they hate the country. Yeah, and, and then they did weird little, well, like, sketches where they were like, yes. democracy, isn't democracy wonderful? Yeah, yeah, to perfect unison. I was saying it reminded me of the Manson girls when they were addressing the press in the early 70s. These, they're like these little chipmunks or meerkats moving in a synchronized way. And... And smiling in while ripping apart democracy, but so it's like very, it's vo- just below the surface, like it violent, like ghoulish. It seemed like an odd thing to have at a well, right, which was the point event. because it's Memorial Day and F dead troops is what they're saying because they they were baby killers and they had it coming because Western patriarchy, yada yada. yada. But anyway, so they sang these communist uh, songs, all this pokes Marxist BS, chanting and pretending to smile pretty, but. They weren't. They were when they were addressing children as well. They were just. And they had a well, marching band thing with like men in dresses. So right, and, and stuff, so this yeah. is what, what you got. So the so then the men in dresses come in, and it's some men in dresses, and then some some women, I guess, who are in transition, who have mustaches and beards, and it was just like like a, like the thing I read last Thursday. It was like f- very fleshy and hairy and disgusting. It was just like these people were physically grotesque and saying toxic grotesque things horrifically just offensive things and singing them to the children and it, it just stands out that, that the and only I don't think they even had candy too which just adds insult yeah, to injury so, 
Yeah. And it just went to show you just how like really ugly and aseptic way this post-Marxism is, um, this progressivism is. It was the only part of the day that was grotesque was when these people came out and said the grotesque things they said, moved in grotesque ways, and presented themselves in a grotesque multiple sexual fat whatever it was there was nothing sexy about them there was nothing pretty about them it was it was pe- people who were grotesque and toxic and they did everything they could in their outward appearance to express that toxicity and that's what all this whole thing is the the, the whole thing about i mean it's weird just to see it in a, in a in a happy americana parade because it was the only thing about the day that was disgusting it was the only thing about today that was disgusting. But it's like they can't help it. These people are miserable, awful, disgusting. They're, they're not happy warriors. These people are, are, they're just miserables. And it's not just there. It's it's all these people who are, you know, walk into uh, hobby shops or, you know, uh, game stops and yell at people for being misgendered because a big dude named Chip has decided his name is Brenda. He's like, use my right freaking name. Use my right. And it's just this this ugliness that's that's coming from them because this this is not a happy religion. This is a a religion of pain and suffering and the attempted transference. If it, well, right, and like to go back to what we're saying before, that denies stuff that's obviously good, like normal Memorial Day stuff and the wreath laying and the taps and the flags and like the good stuff that's happening, and you know, like even the less serious stuff, like the old ladies in the sparkly patriotic outfits throwing candy to the kids, like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same people that want to be mad because, you know, Casey DeSantis looks beautiful in a pretty dress and looks like a Disney princess or want to be mad that there's attractive women in a Bud Light ad or attractive women selling bathing suits or whatever else it is, right? That it's like, it's a denial of things that are obviously good and wholesome and pure and nice and replacing it with something that's bad and ugly and trying to tell you that it's not actually bad and ugly it's telling you you know in the words of 1984 to like deny the evidence of your own eyes and ears right Mm -hmm. it's telling you like ignore what seems good to you what feels good and touching you and what seems important about this day and about your family and about your way of life and everything else and reject all that and replace it with this stuff which on the surface yeah you think seems hideous and grotesque and ugly but that's just your bigotry or that's just you not really understanding it there's something wrong with you if you don't open your mind and accept this if you don't think the grotesque drag queens reading to the little kids is good and beautiful you're just a bigot and you have work to do on yourself right it's the same thing that it's it comes from the same place as an instinct that they want to replace stuff that's good with stuff that's bad and make you think you like it right and and it's sure it's a way oh you are i've got a whole cooler full of food in the back you know oh really oh okay okay oh uh sorry hold on 
Yeah. Thank you. So the whole thing with left-wing ideology is that they they'll never win on the actual merits because their ideology is ugly and defective and it appears to be to any person ugly and defective and in order to get you to accept it they have to get you to reject all your own instincts about what's good and bad and beautiful and ugly yes and that's more of that's almost a a deprogramming right well yeah but that's why they want to expose kids to creepy weird drag queens and everything else because they want they you need to start people as young as possible seeing creepy weird things in order to get them to think that it's remotely normal or okay because any person who's raised in a normal environment is going to see these freak shows and immediately recoil from it because you have a natural instinct of things that are beautiful and good and things that aren't and it and that seeing weird creepy bearded men in tattered prom dresses yell at you about democracy is always always going to set off alarm bells for any person yeah. who hasn't purposely worn down their ability to recognize creepy things right and it goes back to the stuff we've talked about about like people like Sam Brenton or mm-hmm. um Jeffrey that thing that yeah on, yeah um, yeah Jeffrey Marsh, Jeffrey Marsh the TikToker like if you if you have sufficiently worn down your red flagometer that that doesn't set something off in you then you've like brain damaged yourself in order to accept an ideology that should be obviously clearly bad to you right and that's another reason why that it reminds me of the Linda Kasabian and and uh, the the Man- the Manson girls. Because they've been captured by this movement. And they are, like the Manson girls, became unable to communicate with their family, their real families. Right. And the people who actually love them. And they also became grotesque. And um, and these people, these bread and whatever people. Bread and puppet there was nobody in that crowd. I think maybe one person, but the, other than one person of the hundreds of people in the crowd in the street, nobody was embracing this or validating this, accepting this. We didn't clap. We didn't smile. Right. We uh, gazed in amazement at the um, totally enraptured people in front of us, who some more broken than others, some ghoulishly giggling. Well, talking, laughing about democracy and others just presenting in a horribly, how would you say that? I mean, what's tormented fashion in front of you? Right. If you're doing that, if you're somebody who's like, where, try, if you were a woman with a beard and mustache, there is an eruption of pain inside of you somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that is every second you walk around like this, you know it's not pretty. You know it's not. It's not pretty f- as a man. It's not pretty as a woman. I guess the point is to say it's 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 non-binary. But it's or gross. that like beauty standards There's, are toxic right. and don't matter right. or whatever. If by, far and away, 
Other than men who It's just- the same instinct that wants you to think that Adidas selling women's bathing suits with weird, creepy dudes with their package completely obvious. Can you be or like, uh, no, no, but it was in that car. Oh, yeah. It went away. Sorry. It's coming back. Um, no, it's okay. Um, <laughs> that, uh, where even was I? No, you say I'm getting Adidas. Uh, yeah, the, like, they're selling, trying to sell you bathing suits and tell you that this stuff looks good, like, hugely fat people or, like, weird dudes in a woman's bathing suit with their junk out. Like, it's creepy and bizarre, and it doesn't, it doesn't look good, and, but, but that's the point of their ideology, is they're trying to get you to look at things that don't look good and believe that they look good. It's a total emperor's new clothes situation, you know? They're putting they're putting forward this stuff and trying to say that this looks great and it's beautiful and if you don't think it looks beautiful there's something wrong with you and you're a bigot and you're a bad guy but like we know what looks good it's not uh coming out of nowhere you know what i mean no yeah and nobody would say it's by far and away there are i mean i think it can be it can be separated i mean i think there are men who gay men who want to be want all the beauty of women and try to get all the stuff done to do that including who's the conservative there who hates Candace Owens anyway who like who do as good a job as possible as pulling it off but but this you know um but mostly these are just people who are who are hurting and limping around and it's it's just I know. I just thought it was like a really ghoulish, ugly thing to see at such a parade. Where you know, it, it doesn't have to be any more. Um, it doesn't have to be anything more than a day that's not about you. And for these people as well, this was they made it all about, of course, them. They could care less. This was this was this was not. These are not people who like troops, obviously. Oh no, these, these are people who despise them. They're um, happy. They're dead. <laughs> I oh yeah. Mean, like, I have no doubt about that. I I have no doubt about that. Um, another thing that it brings me to is, and I don't think we got a chance to speak about this. <laughs> the time's gone crazy here. Um, in Connecticut, there is a there is a great bill. I'm looking at it right now. Connecticut put together these this huge piece of legislation that includes safer streets, that stuff, complete streets. Mm-hmm. You know that we've had the Alice and I have dealt with face to face. You know when they bump out your sidewalks and make stuff put uh, spike lanes in the middle of the road and the side of the road and the the bus lane. In other words, the streets become safe for everything but cars. Right. And it's meant to twist. It's meant to put you in an uncomfortable space. So you'll think about finally, because you're too stupid, you need to be nudged into thinking about getting rid of your car. Like right. You can be one of the good people who uh, rides a bike around. And so every accommodation is made for bikes, etc., etc. But... So Connecticut wants to do this. One of the things they're going to do to pay for it all is red light cams. So this is where there's going to have like two different, 200 different intersections in Connecticut are going to get red light cameras. And they'll ticket you for when you blow through red lights. And they're getting rid of a bunch of rights on red anyway because there's now bike lanes own the right lane now. So they'll, this is a cash cow for them. So all these Democrats sign up. This is fantastic. If you're not familiar with Justin Elliker, who's the mayor of New Haven who's a dead ringer for um, Charles Lindbergh 
He, in this news package, which we can't, we can't play, we're, we have no internet where we are, by the way. In this news package, he both shows excitement for the legislation that he was one of the people pushing, and then he condemns it as well as racist. And in the NAACP, NAACP has come out in Connecticut. They have nothing better to do in Connecticut. You know, it was record high murders. Could care less. There's no, can't, there's no utility in that for them. They come out and condemn it as racist as well. The contention being that there's going to be inequities in the rollout because it's going to capture more black and brown people. Just positing, I guess, that black, black and brown, brown pe- people run more red lights. Yes, you've already you've already sorry about that. And, and because if, the red light camera doesn't know who's in the car, obviously. Right, it doesn't know to look the other way if a black and brown person is blowing a red light. And that's going to be bad. And so the NAACP calls it racist. Then the Democrats, who push this bill through, they have the House and the Senate and the governorship, push it through. They now condemn their own bill. While celebrating the passage of their own bill, they're also condemning it and saying, we need to make sure that this thing is not uh, racist, that it's done through a lens of... of um, Equity. Equity, exactly. And it's everywhere because... It's so fascinating to me because we had this, not so much where we live now where, like, there's fewer just streets and stuff in general, but when we were in Melrose, which is more of, like, a little um, city, there was constant, constant complaining from the exact group of people with the Black Lives Matter signs in their on their lawns that there needed to be more traffic enforcement that they wanted to catch more people speeding they wanted more speed trapping they wanted more cops at crosswalks to make sure that people would um, be pulled over for blowing through crosswalks they wanted more and you know I would say to some of this because I tend to not be for using the police as a a revenue source Mm -hmm. or be for like constant traffic enforcement I think constant traffic enforcement everywhere is really oppressive right because i think for the most part people have common sense and can decide if it's like safe to go through an intersection or you know what speed is safe and appropriate on a road and things like that and like really aren't like trying to kill people Mm -hmm. i think that i think that a lot of traffic enforcement is for revenue and is you know gets abused Obviously, I mean, no doubt. But I mean, can you expect a municipal level bureaucrat to not love the idea? Oh yeah, so they love this stuff, and yuppies in the suburbs with Black Lives Matter signs in their yard also love this stuff. Yes, they love traffic enforcement. It's like their favorite thing. They want all the cars on all the streets to go slower. They want to treat the town and the police department as their personal HOA because they bought a house on a busy road and now they want all the cars to stop going fast on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they want this stuff and for some reason, if you point out that most of these Black Lives Matter encounters that they're so wigged out about start as traffic enforcement operations for people with like a busted tail light or something or people running a red light or people speeding or whatever it is that they get pulled over for that then they're like what are you saying that our police here in Melrose are racist I'm like no I'm not saying that at all I'm saying that Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Traffic enforcement, by its nature, is one of the most dangerous things cops do. Because you're putting them into a tense situation with somebody and... You know, the only way around that is to do the cameras. But from a libertarian perspective, I don't like the cameras either, you know. But the cameras obviously can't be racist at all. But it's just funny. Well, so there's a couple of parts. You catch them out in this thing where they want all this enforcement, but they don't like who things end up getting enforced on. Right. And in this situation in in (laughs) in Connecticut, the stuff that the red light camera might bust them on are are things that with a new police accountability bill, accountability bill, the cops otherwise couldn't pull them over on. Right. Because you're not allowed to pull over, especially if you can identify who's in the car. You cannot pull people over for certain infractions in Connecticut. So this would be the catch-all. The thing is that all these Democrats and these faith leaders who are saying calling racism are um, assuming that black and brown people are going to be the offenders. Now, and they may be right. They probably will be right. But the victims of vehicular offenders and of the other crimes are within black and brown communities. Right. But screw them. They don't get any special reckoning, except for one woman who's a, this activist saying, what is it? I don't care. There's no, this has nothing to do about color. This has to do about cars. And she's right. This has to do about two, with 200,000 pound, 2,000-pound hunks of metal careening through intersections. That's what this is about. But now these faith leaders and these race grifters, et cetera, they don't. They also don't want these put predominantly in black neighborhoods, in marginalized communities. Right. Now those communities is where a huge disproportionate amount of the crime is happening, and where these intersections are most dangerous. So you would think if this is really about making intersections safer, road safety, then you would put them where they're needed. But we can't do that. Because this isn't really about safety, because nobody means it, because all the the uh, white politicians are ballless because George Floyd got killed. So now we have to equally distribute these things in intersections where there is no problem, where there never are any problems, and make it sure that there's equity leads. So equity in this case now is more important than lives. It's right. better that you lose fifty five people uh, uh, marginalized people every year to go uh, ass over tea kettle over the hoods of cars and intersections it's better that we lose 55 of those people than we punish you know uh 46 percent of the offenders who might be black or brown 
it's worth actual black lives to them. Right. And, you know, you're seeing the same thing. MSNBC did a big piece, um, I think, like Thursday or Friday, where they were saying that um, part of the reason you can tell Florida is really racist to black and brown people and minorities is that um, Ron DeSantis has passed a bill that allows the death penalty for child rapists. So, and that they feel is unfair to black people for some reason, MSNBC. Which, I didn't say it, they said it, but what a freaking thing to say, is that yeah. Florida's now dangerous to minorities because if you rape a child, you could get the death penalty. And what does that tell you about what progressives actually feel about black and brown people? They can't be, they can't be, um, you know, expected to not rape the kids. They can't be expected to not blow through all of the, so we can't have these laws. Because of systems. We just have to let it happen. Sorry about that. Well, yeah, of course. And even like when you talk about things like, you know, murder rates and yeah, like systems, once again, like poverty, fatherless households, gangs, lack of education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But like, who's getting murdered in places like Chicago? Right. It's black and brown people getting murdered, right? And it's a problem because if you're going to start to get upset about, you know, inequities in the prison population, right? And, you know, you can take all the people locked up for innocent drug crimes, victimless drug crimes or whatever, which is not a, very many people. And like, but the, but the problem is there are more murders happening in some communities. So if you're going to have a tact that like we should lock up murderers or we should lock up child rapists, the equity police will come for you and tell you you're not being mm-hmm. equitable because that's going to be unfair to black and brown people. And like they didn't used to quite say it so explicitly, but you know, Florida puts in place a law that allows the death penalty for child rapists and all of a sudden they're like saying it out loud, which is wild. It's the same thing with the Florida laws about like not doing sexual acts in front of children. That's right? the other that's the whole other universe to this that goes away from the equity part of it. Yeah, this moves away from the equity, but it mo- it goes towards like the their reaction to certain things that conservatives say and do reveals a lot about what they actually think, right? So if Ron DeSantis says you can't do sexual performances in front of children and they say, well, now we have to cancel the whole pride parade. Right. Yes. That's a little revealing about what you were planning to do at the yes. pride parade. And there's a great article that once again, we don't have internet out here at, um, but tomorrow I'll read you some of this article. Rolling Stone put out an incredible article about how mean Ron DeSantis is because they're having to make their furries convention 18 plus in Florida. He is a bastard. Because they're afraid that the stuff that because of the rule that you can't do sexual things in front of children and the article tells you that furries are definitely not sexual in any way and it's definitely not just a sexual fetish and then they go on to quote like the uh, furry sex toy manufacturer who does the convention who's worried about doing it in Florida now because of the rules about not exposing kids to sexual stuff and you're just sitting here reading this article thinking like are they do they understand what they're saying right now that you know that they're upset that they had to make their convention 
where they sell sex toys 18 plus because of Ron DeSantis's mean law and it's definitely not about sex <laughs> but the the small business sex toy company can't do what they were planning to do at it right. like and once again just to kind of circle back to it it just like reveals so much about their ideology and where they are mentally and what they're thinking about and that they have to do this stuff around kids to in order to make you think that there's like any kind of normalcy or anything okay about what they're doing yes and we saw this and we're seeing this now more about thinking we we're told by academia now and these activists that we need to rethink how we think about minor attracted persons right and that they certainly deserve rights and that they're often victimized and we need to find a way to that that people shouldn't be condemned for the thoughts the thoughts of lusting with children the you know the stuff that's not actual pedophilia that people shouldn't be condemned for that because they're saying we we just said minor attracted persons we're not saying right. people who are having sex with them if they don't act on it it's okay right so so my thought is on that is like where, where is it in your thought tree of the day that you stumbled to that area and decided that a priority needs to be doing a little advocating for that group? Why are you watering that weed necessarily? Right. Like we had a pretty good consensus in this country that pedophiles are bad. We've made the decision. You know, and maybe it was, uh, you know, the Marquis de Sade had a different set of rules. We made a decision in this country that we don't sleep with uh, boys and girls. Children. Yeah. Um, right. In general. And that it's not good. And that, that that keeping sexualization needs to be away from them. But for some reason on the left, it's like an 18-pronged advance just bearing in on kids. And why does it do it for you? And then there's two. Unless there's of course two, there's the people who really. Unless like, of course it's like a twenty year old girl dating like a thirty five year old, and then it's like right. perverted and abusive and rape, because right. that's like who's the comedian yeah. Dana? Um, um yeah yeah what's the um, one? Dane Cook. Dane Cook. Right. Who's or if you're Dane, if you're Dane like Portnoy and some twenty two year old flies across the country to have sex with you and bitches moans about it. Well, important is a pig. Right. Like, okay. Okay. That's- okay, but we need to have sympathy for the minor attracted persons. Okay, guys. Yeah. Every perversion except, like, men and women sleeping together, right? Right. And also, there's no such thing. What would you think about our relationship, Alice, if I started to talk to people at the kids at the playground who were like 12 and 13 or 14 about like literal sexual activities uh, uh, what, if, what if you busted me doing it and then you busted me doing it again and again uh i would call the fbi to check your heart how drives. would it bode for our ma- yeah, <laughs> how would it bode for our marriage uh, not good <laughs> so why is it not good because the Children shouldn't be exposed to exposed sexual to content stuff. by adults. Exactly. Which, among other things, who knows what kind of effect it could have. It is known that 
actual groomers a lot of times use porn to yeah. uh, to open doors. So, and right in in that world, I of course should be apprehended and shoved into the police car, and then I should get I should do time. Right. And but why is it okay that some psychotic with a purple hair and a nose ring with a teaching degree gets to do that? Yeah, why? of course. And I actually I also have like the luxury of not wanting to. I don't have a I don't have a wanna. You don't feel any urge to explain to middle schoolers what fisting is or whatever. No. It is. Very rarely. <laughs> no, I don't. So Well, it, yeah, but it's actually true and there was this teacher in Illinois that the left was like my god, like all these parents called the cops because this teacher like let the kids read an LGBTQIA plus book and the book is like explanations of right all these sex acts mm-hmm. and and you could just see this, te- this you could just see this the book teacher is gay if you want to look it up there's plenty you can just of see the teacher saying okay guys online. come on over here is everybody's crisscross applesauce and you can see those teachers like smiling like the girls from the right. bread, and bread and puppet like oh, okay guys let's take a journey together and I th- we've covered it in, in this in is Connecticut. just being nice this is just being yeah. accepting this is being tolerant. We've covered it in Connecticut with the pizza sex thing. Right. Saying, guys, we want to talk about sex and what you enjoy with sex, and we're going to make it easy for you to just... Different toppings mean different things. So, you know, pepperoni means second base, you know, this equals... All this stuff. And the teacher who did it, by the way, has not been fired. <laughs> and the school, the school board said, that's not an official part of our curriculum. Well, okay. But you don't understand get understand is it's pedophilia it's in the school it's gone from the teacher to the kids oh it wasn't official part of the curriculum okay well obviously every well, one of you why, should be in jail well and that's why it's so difficult even with laws against some of these things and even with parents being able to like access what curriculum is and get permission to do sexual content in school a lot of times the schools skate around it by sneaking it in under the radar mm-hmm. um, and th- that's why it's so difficult to do anything about the schools when you have these ideologues you know through every facet of the organization the administrators the principals the school committees the teachers in the mm-hmm. classrooms the teachers assistants the paras the guidance counselors when they are all captured by this ideology and repeating Charles Manson stuff in unison in a creepy sing-song mm-hmm. voice, which is what they all seem like, honestly, when they start to talk about gender ideology and children. When all those people are in the school building, they're going to find ways to sneak it in and try and get around you because it's what they want to do. Right. In the Alice- problem is the people in the organization. And it doesn't take... I'm not saying 100% of them are, obviously. We know a lot of great teachers oh, who yes. are not trying to rape the children. But, like, <laughs> but, but it doesn't take a huge percentage of them being in your building to totally poison the organization uh, top to bottom. Uh, and... And it, it it's there's a huge boulevard throughway that they can bring this stuff, drive these convoys right through called social emotional learning. And that's how you do it under the rubric. 
right. it's very conceptual. And one of the we're things that, that we hear kindness, many kindness, so we're going to read yeah. your book, Julian is a Mermaid. Right. And one of the things you hear, and in, in mostly from people like the author of Julian is a Mermaid and other books like that, like Genderqueer or whatever, the author will go on book tour and say, I just remember being 11 and wishing somebody had told me these stories like this so I could so I could see that I wasn't alone. Yeah. So that's why I'm coming out with this. That's why we're doing this because there are, there are voices in this room here that feel alone, that feel odd, that feel like weirdos. Well, Nobody can feel like that. So all of the perversions we must hand to them. All right? of the and, things. And what's crazy is they'll tell you in one breath that you're imagining that there's anything remotely gay about the Julian is a Mermaid book in which he dresses up in girls' clothes as a mermaid and gets taken by his grandma to a famously gay Coney Island mermaid festival mm -hmm. with lots of drag at it. Um, that That's in your head and you're imagining it. And then they'll turn around and tell you that the book is wonderful because it won these Stonewall Book Awards from gay organizations and it's totally a gay book and that's part of the reason it's great. And like, that's what's incredible about the Rolling Stone furry article too, is that they'll tell you that there's like this made up moral panic by conservatives about furries and like made up things about litter boxes and made up things about there being furries in school. And then they'll tell you that like over 10% of the convention attendees are children under 18 and that the group of like moms of furries is there and that a bunch of the kids are gay mm -hmm. and trans and and they're like, there's so much overlap in the communities. There's absolutely nothing, zero sexual about furries, but um, also a lot of them are gay and trans. And uh, and a lot of them are also neurodivergent, which isn't creepy at all. We just need to talk to the children with mental disabilities about dressing up in creepy costumes and Can sex toys. Can you guys help Uncle Jimmy get the, the, the cooler from the back of the car? It's got three bags of chips in it, too. You know, so they'll look at you with one breath and tell you it's completely in your head and you're imagining that this is even a thing. And then they're like, but we're also the moms of child furries that need to be allowed to go to this convention and they need to feel seen. And you're like, OK, well, that's exactly what I don't want to happen. Or they'll do the same thing with the surgeries. Absolutely nobody is doing any trans surgeries on children. You guys are all imagining that. It's crazy. Right. You're psychos. You're terrorists. It's all in your head. It's all made up. And then you're like, fine. So we'll just pass a law that makes it illegal to do the child sex surgery, to do the trans surgeries on children. And they're like, how can you deny children? Health is extremely important. We're life taking over the state capitol building. You can't say we can't make us not say You're gay like, Wait, here. I thought you weren't even doing these surgeries well, like, my, at all. My, they, it, they, it, that wasn't happening. That was a figment of our imagination. We, so it should be fine to make them illegal. Like I don't understand. Are you talking about uh, trans health care? Yeah, I'm talking about denying trans kids health care. That's exactly. And that is the thing again. It's like under the under the guise of we're your health care partners and your advocates. Come to us in a nice, clean setting, and we'll help you. And we're going to lop off females' breasts and everything else, the, the ghoulish thing that they'll do. And now, of course, there are these sanctuary states, which I think Connecticut's one of them. And, um, Maine's and Maine. trying to become one, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know what would be great? It would enhance our state if we bring more kids here that have uh, top, top surgeries and bottom surgeries. Yeah. And, like, terminate their parental rights at the border when they come into the state. Yeah. Those are the same. It's the same ugliness. It's like, some, unfortunately, a hospital is not just a hospital. A hospital is a, a universal, a mm -hmm. university of uh, different procedures 
some of the elective procedures are ghoulish. Right. And, you know, I've talked to people about this because I think like the wokeness, there's wokeness everywhere. Right. And I think as adults, you can sort of let a lot of it slide. Like when your company has the DEI training, you just click through all the stuff and it's like whatever. And you roll your eyes and you go on with your day. And if the hospital, when you go in and get your, you know, broken leg fixed is woke, and they ask you if you're trans and if you have a gun at your house and whatever else, you know, like you you just shrug it off because you're an adult and it doesn't matter. But I think it's especially terrifying for parents of kids that your kid's going to like have a bad day or get depressed because that stuff does happen or, you know, have trouble with kids at school and yes, want to yes. talk to the guidance counselor or the therapist. And they're going to get sucked into this ideological vortex where they're going to, you know, it, take them over because you know whether it's a school guidance counselor or the pediatrician's office or whatever it is that you know that there's a different reaction for like me when I go to the hospital for me and you know or like say you go in for your dentist x-rays and they ask you if there's any possibility you might be pregnant you know you just roll your eyes because <laughs> it's it doesn't really matter and affect your day but like when you see when you go to the pediatrician's office and there's like little trans hearts everywhere all over yeah. the reception window it does make you nervous in a way that it doesn't when it's just you as an adult dealing with you minding your own business because you know that these people will in a second mm-hmm. Rip your kid away from you. Of course, it will. In the in the main legislation, it, the the it prohibits law enforcement from working with other law enforcement in other states. So if you say my kid is up there with my ex wife, she's trying mm-hmm. to get him to do, they won't do that. Well, right. And if you live in certain states, AP had a great headline about Washington State a few weeks ago where they were they had legislation and they were like oh this new legislation is going to protect kids from their estranged parents so what does that mean their estranged parents that means if your kid runs away from home and shows up at a homeless shelter and demands trans health care they won't they're not going to notify you unbelievable so if your 15 year old child runs away from home and goes to a homeless shelter they're not going to tell you where they are they're just taking over from there now can you imagine i what, know what, they answered We've They're protecting we've, them from we've, their estranged parents. We removed mm-hmm. uh, we removed Zed's breasts. <laughs> so there you go. Jesus. <sighs> so anyway, there is more we want to talk about, including like the Supreme Court, and I want to read you guys some of that Rolling Stone article and and do chat chat messages, but we can't do that here with. But we're doing a Patreon extension here, right? I think we should do it tomorrow. You I do. Think, I think we'll have more that we can do for people tomorrow. All right, you're the boss. So we'll do the Patreon show for you guys tomorrow. I also think it's nicer for the Patreon people when you can go right from the live stream into the extra show, and it's all one piece for you. You know. Plus the bugs are getting us. Yeah, it's it's. There's a reason maybe people don't often do um, well, podcasts. We're, we're doing from, ours from outside like, going forward. Um. Yeah. Maybe Elon Musk will come out with Starlink soon and then we can have internet out here. But anyway, more show tomorrow. We will see you then. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.